When you start out in business, you're doing it all. The emailing, the scheduling, the order fulfillment, the social media, the money stuff, and so much more. It's a straight up recipe for burnout. And besides that, usually the reason that we get into entrepreneurship in the first place is in the pursuit of freedom and happiness and flexibility. Well, when you're doing all the things in your business, it can certainly feel like a bit of a ripoff. And that's why the first hire for so many business owners is that gentle first step of hiring a virtual assistant or a VA, someone who can take on some of those daily tasks that occupy so much of your time, but that don't need to be done by you. A virtual assistant or VA is any form of remote help that you contract to hand off your workload. They can operate from anywhere in the world, have multiple clients, and can be hired to take on a variety of your day-to-day tasks. Hiring a virtual assistant is like having that extra pair of hands that you know you need to keep your business running smoothly without the intimidating commitment of hiring a full-time employee. Hiring a VA means that you can find exactly the right person to do one thing that they are very skilled at so that you can take a step back. And by the way, for all those things in your business that you don't enjoy doing, there is someone out there in the world who is not only very good and probably better than you at doing it, but they also really enjoy it. And knowing where to look and how to get started when hiring a VA can also be an intimidating first step. That's why I invited my very own Rockstar VA to the show to give you a little insight and everything you need to know to get started. Today, I'm really excited to invite my own partner in crime and virtual assistant or VA, Terry McMacken, to come out from behind the scenes to the front of the scenes to share her advice on all things virtual assistant. Terry has been on my team for a while now, and without her support, this show and so many other aspects of my business just probably wouldn't happen. Today, Terry is going to give you her insight into what it looks like to hire a VA, how it works, tips on how to do it successfully, and we'll share a little bit about what the whole process and journey has looked like for the two of us. So if you're ready to dip your toe into the world of hiring someone to help you, today's episode is especially for you. And I gotta say, I see a lot of free time in your future. So let's do this. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Terry. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to be chatting with a familiar face and voice today. How are you? I'm doing great. It's kind of surreal to be on the episode, you know, being the person that listens to every single episode and make sure it's on your website. (laughs) Yeah, so you're usually behind the scenes. And today I'm bringing you to the front of the scenes. So this is definitely a change for you. And you're such a good sport. So thank you for playing along. I'm excited to do it. So why don't we start with your story? Let's introduce you to listeners. Tell them who you are, what it is that you do, how you ended up being a VA. 
So funny enough, I got my start working. I worked in retail and I worked in tourism. I've always been a people person and a helper. I went off to university and actually studied biology of all things. And science is still a love of mine, but you couldn't keep me away from the people. So I was out volunteering and working with nonprofits. And funny enough, out of graduating university, I ended up getting jobs with these nonprofits that were completely unrelated to my degree, but they knew my skills because I had volunteered for them. So after university, I worked for three different nonprofits under three different executive directors, always in the position of assistant. So if anybody knows anything at all about nonprofits, you know that you're working on contracts and contracts run out. Sometimes they're for a year, sometimes they're for six months. It fluctuates a lot. The work fluctuates. But in my time working with these executive directors, because we were a nonprofit, you really needed to be like a Jill of all trades. You needed to know a little bit of everything, do a little bit of everything and work with very different people with very different needs. So with all of this, experience. It had my kids and I was just looking for flexibility. You know, I volunteered a lot. I'm a local elected official. So I had a lot of things in the middle of the day and I decided to spread my entrepreneurial wings and go at it on my own so that I could help people. Amazing. And so what was it like in those early days taking that leap for you? How did you decide to hang your VA shingle or how did you first get the word out there that you were a VA for hire? It was absolutely terrifying because I'm an outgoing person and I love just doing the work, but I'm the type of person that likes to be the second in command. You know, I like to have that person above me to give me something to do and I just like to do the thing. So when you're an entrepreneur, you have to figure out what the thing is, draw a plan on how to do the thing, price the thing, all of the work that comes with it, which even though I had a lot of experience, that wasn't an area that I had experience with. So what ended up happening is I tapped into some of the people that I worked with and ended up getting hired that way for clients. It was all word of mouth. And then you're able to establish a bit of a roster and some testimonials and the rest is history. And now I'm here. (laughs) And now you're here. So that is a beautiful transition to my next question. I would love to pull back the curtain a little bit for listeners because we've been working together for a while now and I think you're amazing. So I would love it if you could share with listeners a little bit about what you do behind the scenes in my business. So behind the scenes, and that's kind of like the key thing is behind the scenes. I am that behind the scenes person, you know, doing the thing and getting things out. I would be nobody without you. Let me just say that. (laughs) (laughs) That's the funny thing about my job is that I love doing the things that other people don't like to do. (laughs) So I'm behind the scenes. I'm putting the podcast show notes together. I'm pulling together an audiogram. I'm doing the graphics. I'm launching it on the websites. I'm changing the links and I'm getting your podcast out into the world. On top of that, I do a little bit of social media management, website updates, a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so I think maybe Terry is being gracious, but she really does everything with respect to the podcast. So I think after today, it's official that you've done everything because you're also being interviewed (laughs) on the show, but you're doing everything from 
the intake of guests to seeing that the recordings are good to go to making sure that they get released on Mondays, adding the show notes and seeing them all the way to the end, which is putting them on social media and on the website and changing the links, like you said. So really... At the end of the day, you're the engine behind this podcast. And until today, I think most people probably didn't know that. I kind of like it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So can you give some examples? Because I know I'm not your only client. So can you give some examples of other tasks that you do in other businesses? So another part of my job, and I actually really like to do it, and I didn't think... I would because I'm not a numbers person, but for another client, I go into their client's social media and I pull out all of the data and then I look at these analytics and I generate these reports saying this content did really well and this was super engaging and oh, you might want to check you've got a troll on this feed and it's very behind the scenes, but the time it takes to do that it's not a whole lot on me, maybe you know an hour or two, but when I present that information to the client. It lets them do their job, you know, like they don't have to spend all of the time going through every single post. It's just here's the highlights and they go on. And this client in particular is like, you make me look good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, who doesn't want that? I could say the exact same thing. You make me look good. And you definitely do an amazing job of looking after the things in my business that don't necessarily need me. And that if I did need to do them myself, I wouldn't be able to do all of the things. So I'm ever grateful for you. And I think that people listening to the show today are probably somewhere on the spectrum of maybe they dipped their toe in and hired a VA, maybe they're thinking that they could really use one, but they're not sure where to start. Or maybe they've never heard the acronym VA before. So I'm hoping that today you can share with listeners some tips and advice on getting started with hiring a VA effectively. First thing that I want to say about hiring a virtual assistant is that this person, while it it seems like an expense, will actually end up saving you money. So for example, the whole podcast process It takes me anywhere from two and a half to three hours to do all of that background work. So how many photo shoots can you do in three hours time that you would have otherwise been putting your podcast online? So when you think about the jobs that you can assign to a VA, think of the things that maybe don't bring you money directly, but you still need these things done. So that allows you as the client, as the business owner, to do these higher value activities that I can't do. I can't be Kelly Lawson. I can't interview your guests for you. You know, I can't take your pictures, not even close. (laughs) But I can do these little things so you can just go and do the thing. (laughs) With that though, when you're thinking about hiring a VA, the first thing you want to do, and I guess this is my number one tip, is be very specific. If you're putting something out into the world, if you're writing a job description, you want to know exactly what it is that you need. Because even though my areas of expertise are podcasts and website and copy and social media, you know, someone's more into bookkeeping or someone is very specific to Pinterest. There are so many different VAs out there with all kinds of different skills. And if you don't want me applying for a job that's, you know, specific to bookkeeping, like that's just really, it's really not my thing. So be very specific in what you want. 
And when you put that out there and you think you got somebody good on the line, my bit of advice for you is to start small. And you can do that when you contract out this kind of work because chances are your VA or the person that you're looking at hiring has other clients. You know, maybe they only spend five hours a week with one. Maybe they've got 10 hours for another or maybe one's only every second week. Like our jobs are flexible, which is one of the things that I love. We kind of take as much as we want or, you know, as much as we don't want. So when you start small, so for example, Kelly, you're like, try writing the show notes. I just want to see what you can do in your style and how we can work with that and measure the results. So I'll speak for our specific example. The first set of show notes I did for you was completely excessive because that was my style. I basically transcribed the whole thing. And you're like, no, 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 this is more the style. And just that little bit of feedback. Okay, great. And now I'm writing your show notes without you even looking at them because I've got a better feeling of your style. So when you start small, you can actually measure the results and see, okay, this person can do this job. And then you can start adding on tasks as you feel more comfortable. So this leads into my last and third tip, which is you need to build a relationship with your VA. You need to trust your VA when you're giving them these jobs and they're putting out good work. Chances are they're going to continue to put out good work. The worst thing you can do is micromanage a VA. (laughs) That's exactly why they got into the role of being a VA was to Mm -hmm. avoid being micromanaged, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. and have like a lifestyle with freedom and flexibility, as you mentioned. I think those are amazing tips. So I want to dig in a little deeper. So the first thing I am wondering is when someone is looking to hire a VA, What does a VA look for or a good quality VA? What do they look for in a job description or in an employer? First thing we're going to do is we are going to Google the heck out of you. (laughs) We are going to learn as much as we can about your business. We're going to find out, do you support a cause? Do you, I don't know, buy jerseys for kids hockey teams? You know, because a lot of us are very value driven and that's something I don't think people understand enough is the reason that we get into this position as a virtual assistant is that we want to be the drivers of our life. You know, we want a flexible enough schedule. So we're going to look into you and see, this looks like a great company. They've got good reviews. And then we're going to look at the job description. And we're going to look for keywords like social media management, or bookkeeping, or checking emails, all of these things that a VA could do. And another thing that we might notice from the job description is we might see it as very broad. And that can be intimidating for someone like me who's, who's pretty specialized in what I do. And I'm going to say this again, the more specific you can be with what you want this person to do, the better, because you're going to get the right candidate that actually has a lot of experience doing those things. And they're not just going to apply for a job. It's like, okay, I check three out of the 10 boxes, I'm going to go for it. Then that person might not be, and they might but they might not be the quality that you're looking for. Totally. And I think one of the most beautiful things about hiring a VA from a small business perspective is that you can really use the opportunity to just dip your toe in. You don't need to commit to 20 hours a week or 40 hours a week, or you don't need to commit to any employment contracts, but instead you can hire a VA to do 
a small project to sort of test out the waters, see how you work together. And from there, if it goes well, you can add more things. I think the other beautiful thing about hiring a VA is that you can find someone whose skill is very specific to what it is that you need. So in my case, for example, in the past, I've hired employees. And as a small business owner or as a person who doesn't have a lot of people for hire or a high volume of work, I was often trying to take one person and get them to perform across a lot of skill sets because really they're kind of like the first and second person that I hire, there are a lot of things. There's managing your bookkeeping, there's managing your email, there's booking appointments, there's getting the content out there, there's all the things. And maybe that person is really good at writing content, but they have no idea what to do with bookkeeping. And so in a sense, it's like not setting that particular employee up for success. Whereas in the case with VAs, you can hire five people to do five things really well, and they're billing you for five hours a week each instead of the alternative. So that's where I've really found the VA experience to be magical. So I have you on the back end doing all of the podcast things, which you're very good at. And because of that, I've been adding more things. But then there's also the VA that I have that manages only my Pinterest. And that's what she does for all of her clients. And she's really good at it. And I have another VA who's listening to this podcast podcast right now who edits it to make it sound amazing. I have another, I guess I can call them a VA to manage all of the money stuff. And I think that that's truly the beauty of hiring a VA is that you don't need to have just one. You can hire as many as you need for the specific tasks that you need in your business. And that works both ways. You know, like for you, you're like, okay, I only need to pay out five hours here and five hours here. But for me, maybe I've got five jobs at five hours, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's all something that I enjoy doing and I'm really good at doing. So it's a win-win situation because I understand and I know I never want to have employees. (laughs) That is a lot of responsibility that I don't want to have to deal with. But being a contractor works so well for me. There's just that specificity, if that's even a word, of the type of work that I do. And I really do enjoy doing it. Amazing. And it shows through your work. So (laughs) I'm wondering now if we can talk a little bit about, okay, so let's say a listener has hired a VA and they're dipping their toe in and they give them their task. What are some things that they can do to ensure that it's a successful relationship and a successful experience for both the VA and the employer? I mean, depending on the job that they're doing, you can almost see them as an extension of yourself. If they're replying to your emails, you know, okay, their name might be on the email. So you want to make sure, first and foremost, that you actually like the person. Like the chemistry really does matter. You know, you want to feel connected. You don't need to be besties. You don't need to get coffee every weekend, even though that would be cool too. But you need to make sure that you're compatible on probably a more personal level than I would even say employees because this person is an extension of you. So the first thing you want to do is get to know them. If you can, and if you're not in the middle of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, meet with them for coffee and actually see them face to face. I know the whole like face to face aspect, I do kind of miss. Like when I was an assistant for these executive directors, you know, sometimes being in the thick of it and actually being in their presence helped me understand more 
their needs and what they wanted. And I could read the cues like, you know what, they probably need a coffee. I'm going to go get them a coffee or, oh, running low on post-it notes. I'm going to go get post-it notes. Or why don't I take this off of their pile and do it for them? So first and foremost, get to know them. Oh, hello there. Quick question for you. Does taking a great brand or product photo feel like a code you simply can't crack? Do you want to give up trying to create visual assets for your business before you've even started? Well, you're about to discover the secrets to taking powerful brand and product photos while strategically sharing them in a way that will serve your bottom line without adding hours of learning to your already packed up calendar. If you're a business owner, maker, influencer, or affiliate marketer, you already know that showing up online with beautiful imagery is super important. That's why I created this free online training especially for you to level up your brand and create the kind of imagery that catches the eye of your customer. The kind of imagery you can be proud of. During this retraining, you will learn my four-step framework for taking brand and product photos that will help you improve your sales and attract more customers without being salesy. You will also learn the top four mistakes most people make with brand and product photos and why these mistakes are costing them major profits. So, are you ready to up-level your visual brand assets? I thought so. For a limited time only, grab your seat for my free training at kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. That's kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. I am so excited to be your teacher and I'll see you in class. And so once you get to know them and you know that you're going to work well together, you've dipped your toe in, you've hired them for a small project, they delivered well on that. Now you've decided as an employer, okay, I want to give them a little bit more. So in my case, I was like, okay, I want you to write the show notes. And after a little bit of a training period, you were doing that perfectly. And I was like, okay, now I want to add something a little bit more. And now I want to add something a little bit more. So I'm wondering from your perspective, how an employer can set the VA up for success on an ongoing basis. So the most important thing you can do to set a VA up and yourself for success is actually have a system that you agree on. You know, are you communicating through emails or am I going to end up expecting texts and emails and Facebook messenger and, and all of that? Like just be clear on how you want to communicate, but also be clear on the type of tools that you're both going to use. For example, my favorites are the Google Drive, <laughs> which I use for everything, but also a project management tool called Basecamp. So these are ways that I can organize myself. And I usually kind of come in and say, these are the systems that I use because I use them with multiple clients. So it is more convenient for me that the client agrees to use my system. But sometimes you come in and your client already has their system and most people are pretty flexible with that. So set up your system. And one thing that I do as a VA is as I get tips and feedback, you know, I keep a running document. Like, okay, like, for example, you know, you send a Loom video with a little tutorial of how to do something like change the caption on show it. You know, you take a little video, I'm putting that in a folder to keep away so that I can refer to it back if I need to. But the beauty of Basecamp and Google Drive is that it's all accessible to you as well. And that's super important because what if something happens to me? 
you know, I don't want to be holding on to all of this information. Like it's all accessible to you. And then of course there's timestamps so that you can actually see that I'm working. That's very important. Like making sure that you have your, your structure in place, but that you also agree to use the structure. I'm a big fan of creating, just like you mentioned, these short little Loom videos where I share my screen and say, this is how to do a thing. And then I love that you organize them into Google Drive because now essentially what I've developed is a user guide or a training manual for the back end of my business. So if heaven forbid, you know, you need to peace out for a couple of weeks, it's really easy for me to transition someone in and say, I need you to do X, Y, Z. Here's where you can locate the training documents in order to do that task, because then it's not going to pull me away from what I need to do in order to train or onboard a new person. And you're going to have a very happy VA if you can present them this pretty little folder with everything that they need to know. Because as a business owner, when you're hiring a VA, like that can be scary because you're trusting someone with, you know, whatever it is that you need to trust them with. But also as a VA going into something completely new, each client is different. You know, even though I manage social media for a couple of different clients, I've got one that gets, you know, maybe five comments a week. And then I've got one where it can get real nasty really quick. So as a VA going into it, if there was some kind of here's your employee manual, which isn't really an employee manual, but, you know, here's your tutorials. Here's my style. You know, here's my brands. I like to use these words a lot. Anything that you can give to your VA to help them serve you better might take more time up front. But once you have it, and unless it's, you know, subject to change, which generally it's not, you can just pass that off. Totally. And like, these are the systems that you were talking about earlier that are so key for the success of your business, the success of the people that are involved in your business, for the longevity of things. Like I know for you, for example, Terry, there are certain things that you might only need to do like once a month or once every couple of months. And of course, it's going to be hard for you to remember how to do it. But as long as we have this structure and this user kind of manual in place on the back end, you can always just check in on how to do that thing again and have a bit of a refresher. So you're not reliant on me as long as we're creating these kind of how-to resources on the back end. And the ultimate goal too is that I won't have to rely on you. Like what would be the point of hiring me if every five minutes I'm bugging you of how to do something? Yeah, exactly. So Terry, now I'm wondering, I know how I found you and it was by word of mouth. And in my opinion, that's the greatest way to find someone because they're coming to you along with social proof. But what are some other ways that a person who's looking for a VA for a specific type of task, what are some ways that they might scout their VA? There's always the traditional ways, you know, going on, you know, like Job Bank or Career Beacon, like even Fiverr, you can find VAs very specific to a certain area. But I'm with you 100% that really the ultimate way to find a VA is by finding someone you trust and either borrowing theirs or just getting these referrals because the people around you know you best. And say you've got a friend that needs a VA, you're like, oh, Terry can do that. And I know she's only got two clients right now. Or that extra personal recommendation means a lot. And I think there's a lot more value in that than just going online and finding one. And I think there's actually a lot less work on your end if you're kind of going through recommendations. But I also think it's important to keep in mind that lots of VAs, like, 
we're pretty low key. So I don't have a website and I don't outwardly promote my services because I'm picky. As much as people are out there looking for VAs, VAs are out there looking for you because they understand the value of that perfect match because we all want to work for someone that we like, that we trust, that is aligned with our own values. That's one of the big reasons we got into this industry is to be able to control those factors that you can't always control when you're on job bank and you're just, all right, that person's resume looks good. Because on my resume, I have a degree in biology. (laughs) Yeah, on my resume, I'm an occupational therapist. (laughs) So... There's so many online resources for finding and hiring VAs. I know I've used Upwork in the past and I've used Fiverr in the past as well. I think you mentioned a couple of other ones there. We'll make sure that we link those resources in the show notes. I'll make sure to link them in the show notes. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I suppose creating these show notes will be a little meta for you. I know. So the next thing I wanted to ask you is what can an employer who's seeking a VA expect to pay them? The range is kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You want to pay them well, but I mean, it can be anywhere from $20 an hour to $50, $80 an hour. It it Mm -hmm. totally depends on the job. If you've got a VA that's trained as an accountant, obviously you're going to pay them a little bit more, but you're also not going to need them 20 hours a week. (laughs) Right. On Fiverr, you might find cheap, but I'd be weary of cheap. Yes, I've definitely had experiences with the lower end of the VA spectrum, I'll call it that, because that's how it was priced. It was just a complete waste of money. So I definitely wouldn't recommend going that route. I would definitely take the time, seek and scout out a high caliber, high quality VA, because even if you're going to pay 20 or 30 dollars an hour. It's like anything, right? Like you're going to get what you pay for. And some of them are, you know, advertising for $5 an hour. Well, there's a couple of things there. Like, first of all, is that ethical? And then second of all, are you going to get the quality of work that you're hoping for? Or the attention even. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the attention to detail. If you're paying someone so little, they're not as invested in it. Exactly. And I mean, in some cases, maybe the work doesn't need that attention to detail. Maybe you don't care that much. And in that case, maybe it's fine to just go for that. But I personally would steer clear of it because I, you know, had my own not great experiences doing that. And it was all just a waste of money in the end anyway. So I know that people listening are probably wondering if you yourself are for hire or if you have openings for new clients. You know, that's the awesome thing about being a virtual assistant is I can say yes and I can say no. So I might have some time if the right person came along and we really aligned with our values and they maybe they only needed me two hours a week. But the neat thing is about VAs is we all talk. Maybe that's one thing I left out earlier. Another way to find good VAs is ask a VA. So even if I don't have the time or I don't have the right skill set, for the job that you need done, chances are I know someone who does. And my recommendation as a VA, you know, holds weight because I understand what these people do and the types of jobs that they do. Absolutely. So maybe she's her hire, maybe she's not. (laughs) She'll include how to get in touch with her in the show notes. So 
Now I need to ask you because I heard you say, sometimes I say yes, and sometimes I say no. And I love that because I think that that's something that listeners often struggle with. I think Mm -hmm. that we're all just a bunch of people pleasers. We want to say yes to everything. And at the end of that is a total recipe for burnout. Mm -hmm. So I need to ask you now, how do you set boundaries for the work that you're doing and how do you manage to maintain your work-life balance as a VA? So that took a lot of time for me to get to the point where I can feel good about my work-life balance. So I had mentioned that I have young kids. I have a very soon-to-be five-year-old and a three-year-old. And life happens, and I like to leave room for life to happen. So I actually don't, and intentionally, I don't fill up my schedule because things happen. I want to be able to, if someone calls and they want to go out for coffee, to just say yes. Knowing that, you know, I didn't fully book my afternoon, so I've got that extra time. So in terms of knowing when to say yes and knowing when to say no, it really depends on what the person's asking me to do. But like I'd mentioned earlier, if you're asking, you know, I need a VA for this, I am searching you. (laughs) I am creeping you on Facebook. I'm finding you online. Because if right away I see flags of things that I just don't agree with or I might not be comfortable with, I can just simply say, you know, I'm booked and just leave it at that. (laughs) And I usually make exceptions. And and this is part of the reason why I leave a lot of space in my schedule for nonprofits and for charities. So volunteering, and this is part of the reason why I don't work a traditional job, traditional jobs get in the way of volunteer work. I like to volunteer and it fills my bucket. And I've got all of these skills from nonprofits and charities. And I want to be able to do that work, but not have to worry about booking it off or, you know, whatever. So I don't even know if I answered your question. But in terms of space, it's so variable. There isn't really a a system, (laughs) a method to my madness. Yeah, I mean, well, having the ability to say no to certain things, I think is a really good start. And apart from that, I think most people understand the boundaries of, you know, most people aren't going to work outside of nine to five, Monday to Friday, and that kind of thing. I know other freelancers and VAs will sometimes present a working together agreement where they establish those boundaries and expectations so that the person that you're working for should they have some unrealistic expectations or even if you don't get it out on the table and talk about it, they may not know what to expect from you. So I think for a lot of folks, that's a really important thing to discuss up front. And from the employer's perspective, you know, if you're expecting your VA to deliver things to you on a Sunday, well, I think that needs to probably be made really clear up front, like what your expectations are in terms of working together. And I've been really lucky in that area because the people that I work for I know well enough or know people that know them well enough that these are the type of people who respect boundaries. If they send an email at eight o'clock at night, they know they're not going to get an answer that night. Like it's just kind of an, an understanding, but that's part of the deal with choosing who you work for. You know, you can understand that this person has a great work life balance themselves. Therefore, they're probably not going to expect unrealistic things from you. One thing I do usually communicate with my clients is I am a very early riser. If I'm sending emails at 5am, I am not expecting you to reply to them. Just get to them when you do, but know that I do a good chunk of my work very early in the morning. <laughs> yes, she speaks the truth. She has half of a work day in before my alarm <laughs> even goes off. <laughs> so Terry, 
I so appreciate you. I appreciate that you came in front of the scenes for us today to share a little insight into what it's like being a VA, a little bit behind the scenes in what it's like to work here with me. And now I'm wondering, and I know you know that this is coming, what is the one thing that listeners can do today to get that one step closer to bringing a VA on board in their business? So I want to say that finding a VA is easy. Finding the right VA for you and your specific needs will take some time. So my main bit of advice is to actually take the time, figure out what it is that you need so that you can communicate that with the person that you need to do it. And I'm going to do a shameless plug because I do believe there was an episode and I might have to insert what episode it was where you discuss figuring out what jobs you do that actually bring you money, the only jobs that you can do and then everything else can be outsourced. So take a couple minutes, figure out what you want, figure out what jobs only you can do. And that actually might help you figure out, you know, the job that you want for a VA, what's left. I love it. And that was the episode about outsourcing. And I can say that the thing that I said there was when I really took a deep dive and looked closely at my business, I realized that there was only four tasks inside my business that needed me. Only four. All of the other ones could be conceivably done by someone else. And that actually was quite enlightening when I sat down and looked at it and realized like I'm doing all these things that I don't need to be doing. So I think that's a really great send off piece of advice. Sit Watch down that ep- or listen to that episode. That is my, my very quick bit of advice. Go listen to that episode on outsourcing. <laughs> Terry, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. I am so glad that you got to come in front of the scenes and show your face today to listeners. I'm sure that they're happy to meet you and I'm so happy that the world got to see you. Thank you so very much for having me on the show and I look forward to doing up the show notes for this one. That was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed meeting Terry and that you feel encouraged and inspired to onboard some hired help in your own business. Whether it's for social media management, email communication, appointment scheduling, research, data entry, or whatever it is that's taking up all of your time, or maybe you have something important on your to-do list that you just can't get to, hiring a VA might be your next best big business move. And hear me when I say this, I know it can feel unnatural and maybe even a little bit terrifying to let go of things in your business, to trust someone that you haven't even met with your precious processes. But trust me when I tell you, you can't grow this way. And more importantly, you can't achieve work-life balance this way either. Hiring some help will allow you to focus on the things that matter most, the things that only you can do, the things that move the needle in your business. And if you take Terry's advice, you might be surprised to discover that not many things in your business rely on only you. For more information on this episode, including links on where you can find your next VA or how to get in touch with Terry, visit the show notes at kellylawson.ca slash 037. And until next time, Workshop Warriors, keep on slaying. And hey, if you love this show, I'd love to hear from you. Throw down a review on iTunes and let us know that you love what we're doing so that we can keep doing more of it week after week. I love you all. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you Workshop Warrior, you.